0: Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson.
1: Hello, everyone. Hi, Justin. How's it going, Randy? It's good. Well, how are you? Uh, Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, it can't really be going too poorly when you're talking about Star Trek, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a new Star Trek show on that we can watch every week. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. You know, it's...
0: I mean, there's kind of two Star Trek shows on right now. If
1: oh yeah, we we've been talking about that other Star Trek, other Star Trek show every once in a while, and you know I actually watched some more of this this other show, The Orville. The Orville. The Orville. Sorry, about. folks, we're not trying to be super obtuse. Uh, you know, and I watched another episode. I watched. Um, I think it was the one you recommended. Uh, well, I mean, I've I'm think i have caught up on it, but it was uh, it was one that was very uh, very Trek very Trek like. Yes, uh, if the stars should appear. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I I felt like I was watching an old uh old T N G era track. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. That's neat. Um and uh I think it's you know, my my fears of it being a little too like uh like Discovery are totally unfounded.
0: <laughs> they are <laughs> well, very as well. they're very different shows. Uh as we've discussed before, the Orville is very much following the next generation mold mm-hmm. and Discovery is following more of the uh Kelvinverse mold.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting that you can have this ensemble-based crew on a starship, um, you know, with some science stuff going on and, and, uh, and warrior enemies, and they can be so different. hmm Uh, yeah, so we, we watched this episode, um, and I, I was actually gonna say real quick, you said that, uh. Uh, you know, we've got this Star Trek show to watch every week and, and not, not considering, uh, the Orville, but, you know, it's, it's, it's taking a little adjustment. I don't know if it is for you to, uh, to get used to having to wait a week in between episodes. Um, you know, I'm just so used to Netflixing all the old Trek series. Mm-hmm. And uh now the fact that I have to wait a whole week is just like I'm super impatient. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but it's it's been worth the wait so far.
0: Yeah, uh we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery season 1 episode 4 The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry.
1: You got it out. You got you got through that one. That was a, a long one.
0: It's a long title.
1: Yeah, I think it's the second longest the uh, for a Star Trek
0: episode. Uh, yeah, so we'll just kind of briefly cover what happened in the episode and then, you know, give our hot takes on it, I guess. Sure. Uh, so the episode begins and we see, uh, Michael making her uniform and we Mm -hmm. discover that she does not have a rank. Uh, so while she is part of the crew, she's, she doesn't have a rank.
1: Right. To go with it. It's a silver. Silver uniform, so we know that means scientist uh-huh. or science, which makes sense since she's a she's a specialist in alien species. Uh, I gotta say, real, real quick before we go on, um, the the sequence of uh, the replicator, um, you know, weaving the the uh, molecules and what have you together to make the suit. Uh, I thought that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like like he didn't know what it was. He thought it was a storm or a planet being formed, and it turned out it was just a uniform. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we never get to see that part of yeah. the replication process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Tilly hands over the last will and testament of Captain Giorgio, which, uh, Michael hides under her bunk. Mm-hmm. And we see, uh, Saru, and he's got these weird things on his head. His, oh, uh,
1: his little like, ganglia?
0: Yeah, his, his,
1: Threat ganglia. Threat
0: ganglia, that's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, they 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 like to pop out whenever I guess he feels threatened. And he So feels... he, does he he feels threatened by her?
0: Yeah, he's threatened by uh Michael.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a little surprised to see her, especially I think in uniform
0: is what we're supposed to take away from that. Yeah, he thought she was uh leaving on the uh prisoner shuttle.
1: Yeah, seems like Lorca's not really keeping his uh, first officer in the loop. <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of Lorca, we see them running uh, battle simulations on the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, thanks to Discovery's spore drive, they can pop in anywhere, including in the middle of, you know, a big Klingon fleet or something, so they need to be ready,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, ready for battle.
1: Yeah, and, and does, is this where he says something about how... It's no longer uh, a science vessel, or is that later?
0: Yeah, that's something like that.
1: It's kind of, kind of the pervading theme, right?
0: Uh, yeah, because, uh, speaking of that, Lorca shows Michael his uh, collection of weapons and deadly creatures, which was Mm -hmm. the big reveal at the end of the last episode, which we thought would be kind of the series long mystery, or at least season long mystery. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, nope, here's my, Collection of stuff.
1: Yeah, here's here's Lorca's menagerie. Here's of here's that deadly Doom, objects.
0: Here's that Doom Three creature. Um, uh, figure yeah. out how to weaponize it.
1: Yeah, basically. I think he, he's a little bit of, uh, sorry to, to bring, well, to bring, uh, uh another franchise in here, but he's like, like the Admiral Thrawn <laughs> of Starfleet. No, yeah, he's not, China. he's not studying art. He's studying, you know, the weapons and, and, and other things. So, uh, I guess in this sense, the discovery in the title means, uh, Lorca discovering <laughs> new ways to kill Klingons.
0: Yeah, so Lorca kind of has a cult leader status among his crew, I've noticed. Uh, Especially with Landry, the chief of security. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: she seemed very fanatical about following Lorca.
1: Yeah, just kind of like he...
0: Like following his mission. Mm -hmm. She dubs the uh, Doom 3 creature the Ripper... And mm-hmm. says like you've got to figure out how to turn this or use it as a weapon, mm-hmm. basically.
1: Because Lorca says so. Yeah, and we and that, follow Lorca. Yeah, and he, they, she doesn't say that. You know outright like that but it's kind of the, the the vibe you get and I I totally agree there, there's like this cult leader mentality and you know I I uh, again like like in, liking this to something that you know uh, was was kind of influential on my my fandom of, of sci-fi from an early age there's a there's a, a pretty creepy old uh, Disney movie called the black hole and uh, it's about you know the captain of this ship that goes searching he's kind of like space captain Nemo and he goes searching for a for a black hole to, to fly a ship into and and his crew is very much he he's a bit of a Lorca character and his crew is very much like that like don't question the captain Mm -hmm. you know we believe in his righteous mission or whatever yeah Yeah. it's
0: it's a little bit uh creepy uh so but the ripper uh Mm -hmm. michael discovers is a relative of the microscopic tardigrade also Mm -hmm. known as the water bear
1: yeah and, uh, you can really see it when they bring up, they bring up the comparisons, the helpful comparison, uh, schematics, right? Mm-hmm. The diagram, diagram of it. It's, it's clearly, uh, it's, it's been, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. it it's, it's upgraded. Yeah. It's, it's huge for one. <laughs> for two, uh, it has lots of like, uh, little bonus add-on features and like, uh, it's cosmetically different.
0: Yeah. And it has, really sharp claws, all the better to kill Landry with. Hey! (laughs) Well, I mean, Landry was threatening it.
1: She was threatening it. I think it was almost, uh, in a way, almost a commentary on the, uh, you know, see, uh, the the approach of violence maybe isn't always the the first course of action you should should be taking. And maybe a little bit of Commentary on Star Trek of the scientific uh, approach to things, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm just reading a little too much into it. <laughs> well, but also, I, Michael
0: sees herself in the Ripper,
1: mm-hmm. in
0: that Lurka is trying to use her as a weapon,
1: trying yeah. to use her as a weapon. Also, uh, I think there's some even some dialogue that has to deal with the idea that you know Landry is looking at this thing as a weapon, is looking at it as a killer. Before she even really gets to know it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was, you know, very much, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, a Burnham seeing that as like, hey, uh, I've got a kindred spirit here in you, giant water bear.
0: Yeah. Cause everyone sees her as a mutineer first without mm-hmm. knowing anything mm-hmm. about her.
1: Yeah. So, so, uh, you know what? I think you can have a lot worse friends than a giant tardigrade, right? <laughs>
0: uh, speaking of parallels we get uh we see Vok again mhm uh-huh. uh he's kind of he's following Takuma's teachings just like Michael is trying to follow Giorgio's teachings and there's a lot of parallels between them but uh-huh. anyway uh so Vok is on Takuma's ship and uh the ship needs parts and the only ship in the area is the Shenzo uh and Vok is all like oh we can't use uh the parts from the ship that killed Takovma. But right. uh but uh he becomes convinced by mm-hmm. uh Lorel, the the one of the Klingons. Uh yeah. during this scene we learn that Captain Giorgio is super dead because apparently Vok picked the flesh from her skull.
1: Yeah, they ate her. And I mean I'm probably showing like some uh a little bit of fuzziness on my, uh, my Klingon, uh, lore, but I mean, is that pretty common for the Klingons? To eat,
0: to eat, eat, eat their- humans? I don't know about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of them eating humans. Um, I mean, you yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty rough. Pretty rough.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of the Klingons, uh, there's a colony that's being attacked by Klingons. And, mm-hmm. uh, Lorca is asked to rescue that colony because it's the only ship, uh, Discovery is the only ship that can make it in time thanks to its spore drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Stamets says it's an impossible, even with the, uh, technology that recovered from, uh, the USS Glenn in the previous episode.
1: Right. And, um, I, I also think, uh, isn't there some, there's some talk that the, the colony, it's a mining colony, and I think it's a, a source of dilithium for the fleet. So it's kind of like this added urgency. Yeah. It's
0: important to uh, rescue them if they can. Right. Uh, we see what happens during a black alert. Uh, the rings that make up the saucer section on the discovery start spinning. Um, mm-hmm. They warp away, but they don't make it to the planet uh, Corvan two. Uh, they appear right above a star instead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the, the the traditional we're warping through space and we don't quite know where we're going to end up and whoops we almost flew into a star
0: yeah they don't have the navigation system which they will get later in this episode
1: mm-hmm. spoiler alert yeah um I, I, I it was interesting to to finally see uh, some of the rationale behind the design of the ship. Um, you know, just looking at this from kind of like a visual design standpoint, uh, that the saucer section is segmented the way it is because everyone's wondering, why does it have a gap in it like that? Why does it have these rings? Oh, because they rotate in, uh, opposite directions. Yeah. And then it does this kind of weird spin and then just kind of blinks out. And, uh, speaking of which, um, have, have you seen the, I think it's been canceled now, but the sci-fi show Dark Matter?
0: No, I did not.
1: Okay, uh, so in, in later uh, episodes, this is a bit of a spoiler alert for that show, but they get a device called the Blink Drive, and it uh, it lets them basically do what, what they're doing on the Discovery. <laughs> instantaneous travel, or near instantaneous travel.
0: Uh, let's see, Lorca plays the messages from Corvan 2 to the whole ship uh, to, you know, galvanize the crew. <laughs> Get them To all, bum them out. <laughs> well, to bum them out and then get them,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: ready to fight Kleons.
1: Yeah, it's just a very different. T- I can't. Uh, uh, Picard, Kirk, Archer, Janeway, never. Cisco, I don't think would ever have done that.
0: <laughs> no, they, they. He wants them to get uh, angry and to mm-hmm. get ready to fight. Uh, it's very much what Tacomo wanted to do. Right. Was unite the Kleons against a common
1: yep. enemy parallels
0: uh we see what's left of the shenzo as vok and Lorel look for useful parts to salvage and um i I don't know i just found all this klingon talking very boring
1: you mean just their their discussion they're having in general
0: anytime that vok and laurel are talking or vok and cole or whoever Mm -hmm. i find all the klingon talking very boring
1: yeah, because I think part of it is it, it mainly just boils down to uh honor, honor, uh we have to defeat the humans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, more or less?
0: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. They, they feel like they're talking very slowly to each other, mm, and mm-hmm. it, they don't have the action, the enthusiasm that other Klingon scenes have had in the past. It's, right. It just feels very low energy, like... Uh, well, we've talked about how they seem like vampire lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
1: definitely. They, and- they,
0: Yeah, they just, like, stand around and talk to each other.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really is. And, you no, know, I hadn't uh, really put that together, but I think it's a good point that you have, that really when they're talking, it's like every... It's not like we're talking right now. It's like everything they say is just, like, very enunciated. And there's a big gap in between every syllable. And so it kind of does go on a bit.
0: Yeah. Michael brings Saru to the Ripper and notices that uh, the threat Ganglia is not appearing. So Mm -hmm. Saru does not determine that the uh, Ripper is a threat.
1: Yeah, so so Saru... We're seeing his uh, his unique trait actually be useful,
0: mm-hmm. and yeah. and Michael says it's fascinating.
1: Hmm, fascinating.
0: Fascinating. So Michael figures out the Ripper is after spores,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, that the Ripper might be able to help them navigate uh, using the spore drive, which uh, apparently the Glenn crew figured out earlier.
1: Right. So in in a way, I don't know if you've ever seen Dune. But in Dune, there's the spice, which enables, you know, among other things, enables uh, travel through hyperspace. Uh, and then there are these things called navigators that are like these big creatures that are, have a symbiotic relationship with the spice wow. and, allow, and allow them to navigate through hyperspace. Mm. So, so you're saying anyways. this is a
0: very original idea.
1: Very original. I don't, I, I mean, I've not seen it since dune and i've not seen it in a star trek series or any other televised sci-fi um so i you know i think it's pretty interesting i'm not you know i'm definitely not sure about the mechanics of all of it but it's different (laughs) They've got a new crew member that's uh, that's pretty different from all other crew members on every Star Trek ever.
0: Yeah, but it causes uh, Ripper pain when they use it to navigate.
1: Yeah. And so- uh,
0: Michael's the only one to notice this. It reminded me of, I, I wrote down a note, it reminds me of the uh, Star Trek Voyager episodes Equinox, parts one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherein the USS Equinox uses uh, an alien species as a fuel source.
1: Right, right, and there's also an older, um, there's an older original series episode where, um, oh, well, it's not used, it's not used for a, a fuel source, but it is kind of like the the kind of the trope of the misunderstood monster.
0: Yeah, uh, what's it called? Devil in the in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, the discovery uses the Ripper to get to Corvantu and. Lorca doesn't finish off the Klingons right away. Uh, he makes a big show of how they can warp away at will, um, uh, mm-hmm. by leaving, and then leaves behind some explosives that like, destroy the, uh, Klingon ships.
1: Yeah, I thought he was gonna somehow maybe take the Klingons with him.
0: Yeah, I thought you know, that's like, what his plan
1: was. Like, they've gotta get closer. They've gotta get closer. Right, right. So who was supposed to tell, was he doing that so that survivors, Klingon survivors would, communicate back and tell them hey the humans have this crazy ship Did i just blink out of existence i or don't know was, was he showing off for the colonists i mean the colonists <laughs> was, were very impressed they were but who was he showing off for well, anyways himself
0: uh uh vok is exiled because uh cole took over to come the ship mm-hmm. uh, vok is left behind on the Shenzo, uh but Lorel is helping him out Mm-hmm. And she wants Vok to win the war and to unify the twenty-four Cleon houses because Vok was the chosen one from uh, Takovma.
1: Right, right. So, and and there's something about she 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 right. Yep. Yeah, she's going to send him to some the matriarchs. Matriarchs, and then he's going to have to sacrifice "quote unquote" everything. Uh, I don't well, we'll see, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what his journey is. Yeah, exactly. I'm 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 interested to see where this goes. Well hopefully it's, something
0: it's, interesting happens with the Klingons
1: yeah i mean it it there's a lot of potential there it's it's um you know it's i'm hoping it's going to you know really you know deepen and build the, you know the the Klingons as as characters um but yeah, we'll have to wait and see
0: um in the end, Michael accepts the last will and testament of Captain Giorgio and receives Giorgio's telescope. Hmm. Um, you know, it's a reminder that Michael is an explorer and not just a weapon.
1: Hmm. And and is it now? Is it from the Shenzo?
0: It is from the Shenzo.
1: So I remember that being in in Georgia's uh, captain's quarters. Uh, so that implies that they went back to get it, or someone went to get it,
0: or maybe it was just floating around in space and someone picked it up.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it it had a little, you know warp drive on it <laughs> and it returned itself. Uh it's a family heirloom though. I noted that. So it's apparently been passed down.
0: Yeah, I mean they were basically family. Uh uh-huh. Giorgio and uh Michael.
1: Yeah, it was great to see Michelle Yo again, even <laughs> as a hologram.
0: The hologram thing, by the way, still bothers me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it sticks out. It really does. You know, I I timeline-wise, really, they should be looking at little screens, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not for some reason. But, hey, you know, uh, I think uh, maybe uh, I'll—I don't know if I'll get used to it, but, you know, as long as the show's good, uh, (laughs) I guess we can forgive some things. But, yeah, what did uh, did you think of this episode?
0: I thought it was pretty good. I think uh, it was a little— I don't want to say cliched, but mm-hmm. the idea of the misunderstood creature, as we've noted before, is not an original one for Star Trek, mm-hmm. especially. Uh, but it was cool that we didn't have to wait long to see what Lorca's all about. And what right. he's about is collecting alien technology and alien creatures and trying to weaponize everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause he wants to win the war.
1: Yeah. And I'm, and I'm guessing you know even though it's not going to be a a very episodic show um or in the sense that you know of a lot of standalone episodes, you know I am anticipating that we're going to see you know at least some of what happens be built around the idea of trying to track down some interesting exotic technology or or creatures or you know that kind of thing to weaponize
0: yeah i I find it interesting that uh discovery is a science vessel ostensibly but Mm -hmm. it's actually more of a warship under Lorca's command Mm -hmm. and i don't know i feel like they should have more soldiers on board then
1: yeah but we haven't seen that many so far um yeah you know i thought that that this episode um and you know i couldn't quite put my finger on it uh but you know i kind of thought about it some more you know after i watched the episode and watched went back and watched a little bit more of it you know i i feel like and 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 bear with me on this i feel like it it felt a little more like a i guess like a quote-unquote traditional episode of star trek um i felt like there was you know Something like this uh the, like the the miners and the colonists on on Corvin two who were you know in trouble, and so you you kind of had that, and then you had, oh, we have to come up with a solution to that, we have to get to them mm-hmm. somehow, and then we'll get to them, and we'll defeat the enemy, and then you know everyone will cheer, and the credits will roll, kind of kind of like encapsulated episode, um so I felt that I also felt and and again, I can't really quite put my finger on it, but I felt like. They dialed the budget back a little bit. Yeah, I d
0: I kinda got that feeling as well.
1: And it and it I don't know if maybe it's just because it's a different director, but it, it seemed to be just kind of shot a little differently. You know, I'm not it's it's not being super critical, it's just something I noticed. Um the, I think the reason why that's happening, why
0: we're feeling that way, is because the bar was set so high with the first two episodes, whereas mm-hmm. it was very cinematic, it was very much like a movie. Mm-hmm. And this now we're reaching our the baseline of it as a TV show.
1: Right. And so yeah, I, I agree and I think you're right. Um I, I don't think that now it really has any bearing though on you know the what the quality of the show's going to be like um you know i I agree you know we've seen this idea before of the uh, misunderstood creature uh, we've seen you know wanting to take advantage of trying to take advantage of things i I did think that they they wove it in pretty well together with, you know, Michael's uh the way Michael feels as being misunderstood. There were those parallels. Like you said, there are these parallels between Lorca and the, the Klingons. Um, you know, I think it's a little it's a little deeper than than it than you know, it it could have been a lot more shallow, I think. Um, not you know everything really tied together as well as it could have. Um, you know, I was uh you know, I've gotta say I was Still pretty surprised. I was surprised by, uh, by the, the, the chief of security's death. Um, you know, I didn't see that coming. Uh, and maybe we, because we just, you know, recently got off of uh, enterprise when you know nobody died for a long time and then when someone did they made a, he- a really big deal out of it uh this seems to be kind of you know they're going to be like one of those shows where you can't you can't ever you know feel safe because a character a major character might die every week <laughs> you know that kind of thing that that type of tv i hope it's not that's not the case but it still was shocking and i did think you know Maybe I, maybe I was expecting it to be a little more straightforward, but the fact that, you know, Ripper, you know, fits into the whole picture the way it does, uh, y- you've gone from having this crazy spore drive to now it's this crazy spore drive that's kind of like, has a organic interface through this eight, this giant water bear i mean it's pretty different you know mm-hmm. uh from a lot of trek that we've seen so uh so i'm 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 into it i'm into that that kind of stuff um j- excited to see what uh what happens next time
0: yeah i'm hoping um I'm hoping the Klingon stuff gets a little more interesting. Mhm um, I'm hoping that well, I'm glad to see that uh Michael is upholding the ideals of Starfleet, where right. she is about you know using science and observing things and experimenting, whereas everyone else is just like, No, this is our mission, this is what we have to do, Mhm-, um, yeah,
1: yeah, so I, that part's I'm glad cool. she's doing that,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm really hoping for for this show, but, um, it's, it's
1: entertaining so far. Yeah, definitely.
0: I'm looking uh, for the next one cause, uh, we'll get to see Harry mud.
1: Yep. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some stuff in the, the episode coming up that I guess we'll get to when we get to it, but some of it has me wondering, uh, if, if part of this episode might be a flashback, but mm. we'll see.
0: Uh, the next episode we're going to talk about is Choose Your Pain Uh, and we'll talk about that after the episode airs next week Uh, thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you then
1: yep see ya